Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 85. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, the monster of the midway, Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Oh man, I'm back. I listened to the last episode. You guys went so in-depth about everything that you talked about that it made me feel like, like I don't even need to be here. Like I just throw in sarcastic comments and try to provide flavor commentary and you all were like, you killed it. No, so after that episode, I had to do some soul searching, and we were gonna have a guest this week, but I actually decided to push that off because I think that we need to space it out. I think we need like one episode like that, and then one episode like this. You know, I, I think that we have a cadence that we've established now with our listeners. You know, some people are here for that. Some people really want those deep dives, obviously, and some people I think want, you know the the more retirement home feel that our podcast might have in a normal week, right? Yeah, so you're saying that like never mind. I don't want to extrapolate, but I understand what you're saying and I think that I kind of agree. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's like uh you go hard and then you take a breather. It's like LeBron playing, you know, defense. <laughs> okay. I I understand. I am like the like the 65% host. So do you know why you're the monster of the midway? I don't. I was trying to think about like Mortal Kombat or NBA Jam. Wow, um, it's episode eighty-five. Who are the monsters of the midway, bro? I don't even know, man. The Chicago Bears, nineteen eighty-five. Oh Jesus! You, we had a conversation about this last week, so I thought you'd. Uh, I I should have picked that up. You know what I was talking about. The yep. first Super Bowl. Your yep. first Super Bowl. That, that was the first one I remembered. We got wrecked. But the Pats were there. And my whole family was happy. So, yeah. I remember the Super Bowl shuffle. I remember yep. the fridge. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon, man. Yeah. All right. Actually, that's who I model my hair after to this day. I believe you. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> did so, he, yeah, it did was... he wear a Marty McFly vest just like you? He did, actually. What, now that you mention it. Wonderful. Same shades, too. So, yeah, I just got some bad news, man. So, this thing, so this tournament with Jeremy, are you going to this one, the 20K? So, I'm definitely not going to the 20K. But the. It, that's in March. Right, yeah, I definitely can't do that. I have my Magic tournaments planned out, and I'm playing in the Star City Worcester team. With Death Shadow, Aficionado, Mike Rapp, and my friend JT. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm definitely going to be playing in that. I think I'm going to be playing Pioneer. But uh, the the 20K conflicts with just like being able to go to one of my kids' um, like meetings that I have to go to. And having enough time off to be able to take care of all of that. Yeah. Well, if anybody listened, I, d- I wasn't even aware of the 20K until it was sold out. So I'm not going. But uh, there's but, the 40K. Yeah, big that news. That's about. September. September 19th, we found out today. So that I might actually be able to get to, but it depends on the Grand Prix schedule and it depends on like how how things go with me trying to trying to work to get that time off. Right. And also, uh, it might depend on capacity too, right? I don't know if this is going to sell out right away. Oh, it very well could, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, so I got the bad news, though, that LobsterCon is actually the same day, September 19th, here in Boston, obviously. So 
I had to make a hard decision. And actually, I'm going to be living a lot closer to the uh, 40K. Yeah. Yeah, the 40K. So I was planning on making like a trip back here for LobsterCon, but due to unfortunate scheduling conflicts, I think I'm probably going to go 40K. I think I'm proud of you for that decision. I know that it's tough to miss LobsterCon and everything that it entails, but that 40K is going to be an awesome, awesome tournament. And everybody was clamoring for like a TO to step up to pick up legacy to do a big event and this is going to be an awesome event and i really hope that i can go so yeah it looks like it i mean i'm looking forward to it i've never been out to one of these tournaments so this will be my my one and only time probably making it to one now you're going to be going to st louis for this right no it's like indiana or or indianapolis or illinois or something like that it's like one of those Midwestern things where you think it's one state, but it's named after another state that's next to another state. Is it is it close to St. Louis or no no street sweepers? Somebody said it was like 45 minutes from St. Louis, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Somebody okay. who claimed to be from the Midwest. Gotcha. But I think it was Josh Binghamton, actually. Isn't he from Colorado? No. Well... He's from a lot of places, we found out. So. Okay, okay. We got it. We yeah. got it. One well, of those wormhole things, Midwest. It's one, exactly, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So so I got to play some Magic this weekend, man. I, uh, on uh, Friday, I went to Game Etc. Got out of work early and played some Pioneer with some friends. And then people were showing up for the Legacy FNM. So I played with this dude, Liam, who I'd never met before. We'd never been to one of the Leaving the Legacies, but was another the local local legacy player so that was pretty cool nice but yeah yeah but, uh, i i loaned what'd you do this weekend i loaned one of my buddies a legacy deck for the eld team open that zach turgeon and uh haversat and uh, their third teammate i should know but i can't remember off the top of my head isn't it your boy mike rap no 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 mike Oh, you're right, Mike Rapp. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't talk in. about this. Mike Rapp didn't play with my buddy JT. Uh, all right, I'm not going to cut this, but yeah, Mike. Mike, you left JT. You left JT out to dry <sighs> to play with two people, and uh, JT borrowed a deck from me. Didn't didn't do outstandingly, but did all right. I'm proud of him. He's my boy. But uh, But we have Mike back for the Star City, so it should be great. So what deck did he borrow from you? He borrowed Sneak and Show, and he was going to borrow the JPA Days Simeon Spirit Guide Veil of Summer Splash build, which I was really excited to get his feedback from. But at the last minute, he decided that the green splash wasn't worth it, and we redid it to um to a very Jerry Me-esque Sneak and Show build. Gotcha. Yep. Nice. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So we have proof that you have volcanic islands still. Yeah, the the cards are there. You can you can ask, but that I mean, listen, this this week we have so much stuff going on. We have new new roof put on. We have solar panels going on tomorrow. Oh shit! I I took a look at the backyard and like, I don't want to make this an Adrian's bathroom project, but my grandparents growing up when I was a kid had this beautiful brick oven in their backyard where it was like a it was like a brick wood-fired oven but it had a charcoal grill separated all made of brick 
And I want to do something like that, only have a smoker attached to it. And in order to make our backyard a little bigger, I want to rip up some concrete and put a fence and plant some grass. So like, there's a lot of home improvement things that I want to do. And when I lent my buddy this deck, I was like, man, that's my backyard, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but whoever had that conspiracy theory, ugh, it's getting really close to, to Epstein not killing himself level. So, so speaking of which, we, uh, we still haven't seen any money from Bloomberg. We haven't, but honestly, I feel like there's, there's a lot of things that happen that are like minor events in history that influence the future in ways that people can't understand. And I feel like your email to Bloomberg about the funding for promoting on social media, that, oh, that has really taken off. Bro, and- I'm honestly, I'm lying like awake at night worrying about this. Like, I'm not even joking. I, I, I know that like, if anything, I'm like the one pebble that caused the avalanche or whatever. But... Right. But you you are the pebble, right? Like if Bloomberg picks up Hillary and the neo neoliberals win this election, it could be it could be you that caused it. And then How from now on, that? every political election has content creators promoting individual candidates for money. Please hit us up at patreon.com slash the dead format. Yeah. Bro, it's crazy. It's crazy out there. Like I feel like I've I've manifested this terrible reality that and like I can't really complain because I've made nine hundred dollars today just off $150 at a time, just PayPal's from Bloomberg. Ding 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 from my sock puppet accounts. Yeah, I I I mean I'm sure you're doing a great job. Every time a tweet goes viral, it's just bang. Yeah, and and uh, you're not going to report it on your taxes because you can't because I already filed mine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not going to edit it out, but that's that's on you, buddy. Yeah, bro. It, it's rough out there. It's like a, this dystopian future. I know. The IRS is like stopping frisking everybody. <laughs> bro, we're about to stop and frisk the metagame, though. All right, let's right, let's hit it up. So this is a this is an old tradition on our podcast we haven't done in a long time where you and I review deck lists from Modo. I, I, and actually, we used to do this a lot, right? Like, yeah, we were talking about I, changing I the can't. name of our podcast to the Modo Trap House. Well, no, it was uh, it was Legacy Modo Deck List. I can't remember. Or MT, was... MTGO Deck List. Yes, That's what it was. It was, uh, it was that. It was that for sure. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to this, like, return to tradition, right? This is like, this is like the reliable. We used to, we used to be this, like, this podcast that was, like, as reliable as Tom logging into Alyssa's account to, like, his own tweets. Hey, listen, no. (laughs) No, that never happened. There would be some times where I tweeted something and I was like, hey, I made a pretty good tweet. You should go like that. I never logged into her account to like it, but I would definitely suggest, hey, maybe, maybe you like this tweet. And then I'd also log into the dead format and like it. And if it yep. was from the dead format, I would log into Tom Smiley and like it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. 
I'm just saying, Alyssa seems awfully enthusiastic about your love for Shakira. Oh, yo, oh, we're not, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. She agrees. Yeah, or or you're just astroturfing her account. Either way. Listen, listen, the, you. 99.7% of Americans will agree with the Shakira analysis. All right. Well, let's keep the blood in our head and our feet on the ground. And let's move on to the legacy challenge, bro. All right. The one that... Do you, do uh, you know anything about this? So, okay. I know that it stopped working. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about after that. I just saw everybody who I know... Be like, hey, you know what? Maybe don't be broken. And uh, round five took a very long time. Yeah. So judging from the screenshots, it kind of looks like it was Topher's fault. But Well, I mean, we can blame Topher, right? Yeah. It takes a long time for an internet connection from fucking Bangor to make it all the way to wherever Watsi is. Yeah, for real. That, that's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. There needs to be like a Portland to Portland wormhole. But we had a uh, Topher, I believe, was playing the Grixis Delver deck that we've been talking about with four Dreadhorde Arcanists and no Grimag Anglers. Like the next evolution. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear from him how he did. I, I think that these results, man, I'm really not sure about these results because I didn't talk to anybody today. And... I don't know like how many people dropped and what happened to them. I know that everybody who was at least X2 when the power went out or whatever, they got their money back. But I think everyone that dropped just dropped, right? Yeah, well, I think that it happened at the end of round five, right? Four. But yeah. Okay, the end of round four, going into round five. And there are a bunch of people like like our boy Bryant Cook that were doing very well. And having something like that happen is just brutal. Yeah, and I know that a lot of the Europeans were up against like time, getting late in the night. So I can't, I don't really want to put too much weight into, you know, exactly what position every deck wound up in because obviously these are extenuating circumstances. And it was one of the smaller challenges on top of that. So I think this may, might not be the best sample, but it is interesting, man. There are a couple things I wanted to call out. One of the, one of the trends overall, I guess, was that Oko decks made up first, second, and fourth. There were two approximately Miracles decks, and the winner was like the, the Bug Oko Zenith deck. Yep. But the deck that's in third place, following up on the conversation with Alex, where I really, I learned a lot in that conversation about, I think that the, the most I learned was about Ant, actually even though we were mostly talking about tests, what was just like what made Ant poorly positioned right now, what what struggles they were having, like what, what Tess was able to do better than Ant. Okay. And then we see this Ant deck as the breach representer in this top eight, right? Yeah, but is it is it Ant or is it breach? Because well, so what, that... Go ahead. No, I, because it, it seems like you can take the ant shell, right? And you're like, oh, it's that more mid-rangey um, variant that relies more on discard, that kills on turn, whatever and whatever, a little later. But you you start to rework those theories 
and positioning with the new cards and maybe um maybe we can't just classify these by antes anymore breach changes the whole dynamic well so the reason i would call this deck ant rather than breach yep. is because it has one underworld breach okay but and it, it's playing the black splash with infernal tutor right so so it's okay. very much in the past in flames role right sure yeah i i can get behind that yeah so that that's why and i did think about this like there are elements of Tess in this deck and there are elements of Breach in this deck, right? But yep. what makes this the the predecessor of Ant rather than a variant on one of those two decks? And I would say that, you know, just having one copy of Breach as mostly a tutor target, right? Or, and also, you know, it's a Burning Wish deck. Like, this, there's three copies of Burning Wish in this deck. Yep. So it could be considered, you know, Tess in that regard, but there's no Empty the Warrens in the main deck. And it, it's really all in on, you know, finding Ad Nauseum, finding uh, Underworld Breach, or finding Burning Wish. So I think that this represents its own lane. And one of the things that Alex was talking a lot about was that Ant had to be figured out again. You know, like people were just jamming, you know, an echo and a breach in that deck and trying to play it and it wasn't working out. I think that this might be, you know, someone actually having some success with that. Yeah, I think the the more tuned versions of Breach that I've seen have been the Black Splash, for sure. Really? Because, yeah, it, it gives you it gives you more access to the tutors. You're a little bit more consistent, but I mean maybe I'm way off with that, so so we'll see. Yeah. The, the Infernal like... Tutor discard-based Breach decks seem to me like they're a little bit more interesting, but okay. I could be wrong about that. No, that's interesting, man. That That's not been the, the prevailing opinion I've heard, but I, I don't think that that's not valid. I, I think that, that's, uh, that that could definitely be valid. Um, a lot of people are sold on this blue-white-red Enlightened Tutor Breach deck, right? Yep. I've, we've heard a lot of people go to bat for this deck, claim that it's the best version of the deck, and it's doing absurd things, and it's absurdly powerful, and some people are calling it ban-worthy. But that, that was super early in the evolution, right? Yeah, but I mean, I've heard this as recently as yesterday All right. from, from our friends, and I I just haven't seen the results, really, you know? Yeah, I've seen I, the metagame shaped around you. it. The metagame is definitely shaped around it, so if you want to say that you know it's been hostile, if you want to say that people aren't good at playing it yet, I'll give you both of those, but it seems like if it were really that powerful, wouldn't it be putting up some dominant, like, you know, three in the top eight sort of things? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just not as sold, I think, as, as maybe everyone else is. I, I also am. I'm also not. I, I feel like that color combination of the deck has some, I don't know, pretty significant drawbacks to playing a Black Splash. And and we'll see where everything goes, but but that's my opinion. Cool, man. So yeah, this third place deck by Wonder Pro, it's just to read it off for everybody, it's three Burning Wish, three Infernal Tutor, four Ponder, four Preordain, four Brainstorm, three Thoughtseize, uh, th four Dark Ritual, four Veil of Summer, one Reign of Filth, one Brain Freeze, one Ad Nauseum. One defense grid, four LEDs, four petals, two talismans, and a breach. 
So I tried to do that in like a, a more logical order, and I feel like I made it even more illogical. But yeah, I mean, I feel like you grouped the the cards together that needed to go together. Like you have one breach, one uh, one brain freeze, and everything else is sort of like a classic. I don't know if it's classic tests because I mean it's probably closer to classic tests. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah, the, the four Veil of Summer main deck. Sick. Yeah, you know, this really is closer to test. I, I don't know. Now now you're making me think. But basically because of the alterations that Alex had talked about last week with not playing black cards in test. Yep. I'm just like thinking of that as test now, like like the version eight point six or whatever. Yeah. So maybe this is closer to what test was a month ago or whatever. So yeah, I'll give you that for sure. Okay. So yeah, the sideboard package with the Burning Wish. One thing I really like about this is Echo's move Echo into the sideboard, right? With playing Burning Wish, man. Yeah. You get to move, um, what do you call it? Tendrils into the sideboard, so you save a spot there. You get to move Echo into the sideboard, which is honestly just... It seems like it would make it a lot easier and like not have that card stuck in your hand. Like You don't want to be drawn card you know and right. yeah you can crack an led into it sometimes but i would just rather have it in the sideboard as a wish target than in the main deck and then you get to put an infernal tutor in the sideboard so it's almost like you can just make space for burning wish without compromising your your a plan at all of like having enough tutors mm-hmm. so i really like that there's only one empty in the sideboard so that's a big departure from from like what we're seeing with tests with like three or four copies for a while now 18 months or something yeah and then yeah you even get like a thought season in the sideboard it's a really nice sideboard there's a card in here too in the sideboard that i've never seen before that i really like because one thought that i had last week that i didn't really get to finish was that there's a lot of disparate sort of hate for these decks right now these these storm breach ish decks so so is it hull breach yeah you know this card well so i when i read it as soon as you said, all right, listen, this is a card I hadn't seen before, it reminded me of the, the red-green enchantment that's sort of stuck in the battlefield that Rug Delver played. That got Cinder pre- Vines. Yeah, it reminded me of Cinder Vines, but you can tutor for it. Yeah, and it can hit, it can wear tear. Oh, it can do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it can hit an enchantment and an artifact, which is... The way that I was thinking about attacking these decks was by spreading my hate around. So why I wasn't just relying on one permanent type. And this is sort of like a, a preemptive answer to that sort of hate. So I really like that. Uh, it, it can just be, you know, a disenchant. It can just hit an artifact. It can just hit an enchantment. But it can hit both if people have, you know, a ley line and a null rod or whatever. So yep. I really like that. <clears throat> to be fair, you have a ley line and a null rod. You're probably not going to be able to cast this, but it's up to you. Why is that? Because you won't have enough mana to, like, tutor and get this. Like, in time? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say there wasn't, like, green mana outside of petals or something, but it looks like they have their mana covered. No, I just, I feel like if if you're playing a deck that is playing, like, that... I don't know, the multiple different so types Delver, of interaction. Yeah. They're probably Delver, and that means tutor and cast on different turns and um, 
probably not going to work, but yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I thought this was really cool. I thought that this, you know, made made best use of a lot of the the pieces of ant that I think are still functional. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear what uh, Alex has to say when we have him on again in episode one hundred and twenty-two. You're setting the line at one twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. What do you think? I. Yep. You're not gonna you're not gonna bow out it next week, are you? No, 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 absolutely not. I was gonna take the over on that. Okay. Yeah, if we need to have a deep dive about linguistics and um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, purposeful pauses in language, you can interpret what <laughs> I said to be. Yeah, you're out of sick days, bro. There's none of this union contract stuff. No, I got. I haven't taken a sick day yet. It was a personal day. I have one more personal day for my kids' education meeting. And uh, I I think I have 90 sick days left. Love the union. <laughs> I was talking about the podcast sick day, but yeah. Oh. I fit. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this looks like a very top, tough top eight, though, how it shook out. Because moving back to discard, one of the things would be I haven't really seen Veil of Summer popping up at the rate that we had previously. But this top eight, then we have three Veil of Summer decks, so... Top four, I should say. Yeah, and it's it's rough. Like, you try to play a combo deck like that into a field where everybody's playing Veil of Summer, you're probably going to have quite a bad time. Yeah. And, yeah. And in addition to that, like, you still have the natural predators like Black Red Reanimator and some things like that running around. I know it wasn't top four, but no matter what type of Storm combo deck you're playing, you get turn one Grizzlebrand sired and you're going to be in rough shape. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, that was the biggest deck I wanted to highlight from the top four. And then moving on, we have Orem playing black red in, uh, fifth place. And then sixth place. I wanted to stop cause we got Dan Neely playing Bant Maverick, quote unquote Bant Maverick, which is Oko Maverick really. So in saying it's Oko Maverick, all it is is Maverick with Oko. Like there's no right. equipment. You've stripped out the Stone Forges and you're just playing Oko instead. So yeah, exactly. Yep, and seems logical. You know, I mean, Oko just does. You know, is that answer to the, to the problem permanence? It, it's what it's what we've been talking about it being all along. What I think is interesting, I guess, about the way this deck is built, is there are still four Mother of Rune or sorry. There are four Mother of Runes, but there are still four Night of the Reliquaries. But it's the other three drops that have, have been shaved, like the um, Ramanop Excavator, the uh, Night of Autumn, that sort of stuff. Like the cute three drops we've seen in, in uh, Maverick, historically. Yeah, and I feel like if the meta wasn't the way that it was, you would see the cards like Dryad Militant, maybe making their way to getting shaved to have another three drop like that. But being able to tutor for Dryhead Militant when you have Breach in the field oh, just so seems sick. seems disgusting. So Yeah, Dryhead Militant's really, one really cool thing about this deck. I do like that they're bringing Hex, Hex Drinker now. I'm not sure how far back that goes, but typically we'd only seen it, I believe I'd only seen it in Rug and Buck Delver decks. So. Yep. Now, what about Gilded Goose as a one-of tutor target? I'm not sure I'm sold on that. So my opinion on the card has actually been going down. 
I was jamming it into a lot of decks. I was playing a lot of like three noble, two goose, just just sort of like theory crafting. And I I don't. These are all decks that I played for like a single F and M or a single meetup with friends. But goose just hasn't impressed me a whole lot. I mean, it, it, if you're playing against something like uh, you know blue red where your life total is really relevant, it does a decent job of gaining life. It's still vulnerable, but. Yeah, I think it's more of like you want the fifth mana drop. And sometimes the artifact really makes a difference with Oko, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm still not sold on that card. Taking the spot of a one-of tutor target, but if you yeah. have it in your opening hand without a noble, then sure, like, it, it's great. Yeah, I'm far from sold, but it is interesting. One card I'm 100% sold on is Questing Beast, man. Oh, collector. I was about to say Collector Oof. Oh, but, yeah, too, uh, yeah, questing, questing beast. That that card people can't read, and if you can't read that fucking card, it's really good. Bro, so when I was playing on Friday, Zach showed up. Our buddy Zach. Zach uh, Turgeon, or you might you might remember him from episode eighty one, maybe. Yeah, Zach Turgeon showed up while I was playing a game Pioneer, and <laughs> I cast Questing Beast, and then passed turn against two gifted Aetherborn. Yep. And he's he just like puts his head down and he's like, You've beaten me in games of magic before. I'm like, What are you talking about, bro? He's like, Read that card. It can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Did you know that? Yeah. Like I just can't I cannot keep every line every line. <laughs> so of text you in that cast card it and you didn't know what it does. And your opponent was like, oh. Not only that, I traversed for it, got it, and then passed her. <laughs> And then when I realized I could attack, I attacked a Planeswalker directly with it. Oh. So it's just like the fucking card, bro. There's just too much text on that fucking card. That's outstanding. Yeah. Great work. It's embarrassing, but what can you do? That's life, as as the Joker would say. Seventh place, though, bro. This uh, This is Marcus, right? I mean, if you're saying it is, it is. Yeah, it is. This is, uh, what, 4 a.m. Swedish Central Time? Probably. But oh, does, he need, does he need sleep to play this deck? I picture, like, a glowing light. Like this, you know, it's it's northern lights outside. It's like Swedish winter. Yep. So you got the Aurea Borealis outside the window. But... All the lights are off, the babies are in the crib, and there's just this glowing light from a laptop screen. And Marcus is desperately trying to uh, spiral tide his way into a top eight. No, it's okay, because if he falls asleep, all who can will contribute. That's all. That's that. That's how that works? Yeah. Okay. What's the What's the Sylvia thing, <laughs> like, for those who... <laughs> Never mind. The... The snow has the snow has eyes. Is that what it is? No, nah, I don't know about that. But they can all play high tide out there for sure. I think that that was like what they said. No, that was Finland actually. That was with Finland with the Soviets. But anyway, uh, this is literally a 2012 high tide deck, right? Yeah. There's no card in here in the main deck or the sideboard, as far as I can tell, that. Wouldn't have been in this deck in 2014. Well, Force of Negation. 
Okay, sorry. There's one. That I mean, that's there's, it. That's it. There is one force of negation. No, is there really? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Cyborg. I was looking at pact of negation. Yep. Yeah, yep, there's three right. packs, one um, one force. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So yeah, there there is a force of negation. So excellent job innovating there, Marcus. Appreciate it. I want to know what high tide breach looks like, bro. Get on it. It's actually probably pretty tough with time spiral. It's probably pretty bad, right? Yeah, I because think you it like is. you can't like you can't like raw dog your breach and then try to go off on the next turn. It's right. uh, it doesn't work like that. So set uh, eighth place is Golos Post Vilhamet with like a two Golos, so not all in Golos Post, but big post deck with Golos. Can we just agree to ignore this deck? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. So I wanted to get though to ninth place, man. And this is almost like something we talked about last week, but a little different. This is another Doomsday deck. Obviously, last week when Alex and I talked about it, it was in the deck dump. So we took it a little less seriously. But this is in the challenge in ninth place. This is Gren Grenit with two Thassa's Oracles and two Baleful Strix. Yeah, in... I get I get the Thassa's Oracle, but like, is the Baleful Strix the only reason to to play it on your turn two to make your opponent not think you're playing combo and then you doomsday them? Like, what is the reason for that card? I mean, I, I would think that it was an ode to the speed of the deck in general. Like, you don't want to put cards like Fatal Push in your combo deck, right? You're not you're not worried about in game one, you're not worried about like, you know, uh uh Sworn Canonist or something like that. You're more worried about just getting Delvered out, right? And not being able to play around days. And Baleful Strix buys you... It, it really does just buy you a turn at just the cost of two mana. It's sort of like a time walk against Delver. Okay. Like, I, I understand. But, man, if you're if you're trying to, like, think about... Uh, I just really need a ritual to brainstorm into right now when I win the game. And brainstorming into fucking Baleful Strix must seem awful. Yeah. I do like the use of Veil of Summer, though. I do like the use of Sylvan Library, which, you know, has a lot more combo application than Baleful Strix, I'll give you that. But it is more of a fair deck card, traditionally. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this, this is a lot like the Doomsday deck we talked about last week, so I don't feel like we need to belabor it too much. But do you know what Divining Witch is? Uh, I don't. I have to look at it. It's from uh it's from like Hatchet. Oh. So that's Nemesis, right? That's Days that's a Days set. Days set, yep. So it it's like a it's like a sack creature demonic consultation. Yep. That's really cool. I didn't know Isn't that card it? existed. I didn't either. Is it called a spell shaper? Uh it, the creature type is spell shaper. There are a few cards that do that that have that same type, but wow, that's like um, what's the green creature that's banned that everybody combos off with an EDH? Hermit Druid. Hermit Druid. It's like a Hermit Druid Demonic Station. That's great. It's pretty sick. Yeah. So it's one in the black for a one one. 
and it does have to tap to use the activated ability, but it is pretty sweet. So yeah, that's uh, that's that. And then also wanted to highlight from the challenge, 12th place. This is a deck that I've been working on. I actually had not played with yet, but we saw a twin deck do well recently. Like in the uh, format playoff, a twin deck came in ninth, I believe like a blue-white-red twin deck. Yeah. And I wanted to try Noble Twin, right? And Tom Cairns came to me with a rug twin deck that was not... It was... It might have had Noble, but it wasn't an Astrolabe deck. It was just sort of like a fair rug deck with Splinter Twin in there. And we kind of went back and forth, and I, I really didn't like it because he wasn't playing basic lands... And we sort of argued about it. And I had made my own list that I wanted to try. And I was trying to play Noble and Astrolabe. And that really was a problem. Because that's a lot of spots to devote to something, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't working. So what I, where I landed was actually like a, a blue-green deck splashing Splinter Twin and White for Teferi. And this obviously is foregoing the White for Teferi. But otherwise, it's pretty close to where I landed. So it's really cool to see this deck doing well. And... I would uh, I would definitely sleeve this up. FGC, by the way, playing this as well. Yeah. Well, uh, we got one host recommending it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stop there. All right, man. So that might be all for the challenge, honestly. Well, I think that. Well, we talked about we talked about Strifo's list. Uh, three weeks ago, so we don't need to do too much about that. But I, oh, that deck still blows my mind. I saw Uro, and I really didn't think it was going to make a like a legacy impact. But from what I've seen from the clips from him playing this deck, that that card has been nutty. Yeah, I did not think it would do much either. It's kind of surprising to me, and I'm still not totally sold on it but i've seen a lot of cool things i think we're gonna see in the deck dump another uro deck that i think is interesting yep and 15th we have the um the soul herder deck well that... also 22nd if you want to talk about that so 15th is pretty close to what we've been talking about before right mm -hmm. and have you seen the 22nd deck by xj cloud Ooh, it's just white blue yeah oh this is like a white. spirits death and taxes hybrid yeah Oh, Jesus. All right, hold we've on. Got, we've got your greatest hits, bro. We've got oh. Kira, Lavinia, and uh, what's that? An Unsettled Mariner. Meddling Mage, Mother of Runes, Recruiter, Spell Queller, Thalia, we got True Name. Hold on. This is a Force of Will, Aether Vile, Thalia deck. I love it. <laughs> All right, stamp. Stamp on that. You're playing this at the next LAL. Ah, uh, if I don't sell my cards. We got Port, too. We got yep. Thalia and Port Force of Will. Yeah. yeah, well, so that's the big departure from the old version of this deck, right? Is I haven't seen a version of this deck actually playing Port. So it's really more like Death and Taxes. And it is a Thalia deck, like you just mentioned. I think that's the big part. Yo, uh, so imagine somebody sitting down for my scrub ass at the Leaving a Legacy event. And I go, Rashidian Port. Sorry. I go, <laughs> I go Rashidian Port. Aether Vile, and they're like, oh, this motherfucker is on death and taxes again. 
And Bryant Cook stares back at me and goes, I'm sorry, Tom, you're dead. And then I force of Willem. Imagine Ooh. that. Let's do it. Bro, that is dirty. Yep. That's that's the full Bloomberg. I'm right on there. it. I'm on it. We need we we need that. We need that. His set does look fun. I mean, I'm just I'm willing to play anything that has Brazen Barrow at this point. Such a such a sick card, and a lot of what's what's cool about the other deck that we've been seeing pop up, the other Soul Herder Vile deck. You know, this deck is down to three recruited of the guard, but still, you can get anything. You know. Yeah, and usually I wouldn't be that excited to talk about like a like a 22nd place uh, Soul Herder Vile deck. But uh, I wasn't on the cast last week, so I'm a little bit more excited. Yeah. Also, uh, we're seeing in this deck, finally, somebody playing a JIT with no Stoneforge Mystic. Where? It really had a Raw Dog JIT? Yeah, Raw Dog JIT, which is something I've been a big fan of for a while now. Yeah, I was actually... There was a time... Where I was playing like the three, four color decks and trying to tune it for a different meta, where I was playing No Stoneforge Two Jit because that card was like so impactful in a bunch of matchups. So yeah. you're you're absolutely right. It's there with No Stoneforge. I like that. Yeah, and we saw Dan Neely playing No Stoneforge in Maverick, and that just might be what these creature decks need to do now, you know. And it's something that I think we've we've seen has been very slow to adopt, but I'm glad to see at least somebody's picking it up now. Yep. Now the stone forges are in the sideboard. So Ooh, I, did, I didn't see that. So yeah, there are two in the sideboard. So I guess the idea is in the in the matchups where you really want that, you can board in your two tutors for it, and uh, I think I like that too. I don't know. I guess I do like that actually. Yeah, you're right because you can you can tutor for a stone forge with a, a recruiter of the guard. You can't tutor for a jit. Mm-hmm. So even though it's really slow to go recruiter, I, I guess turn three you can cast a recruiter violin of Stoneforge, get a jit, and then hook it up on turn four. Yeah. So it's not ter- you know, not abysmally slow because of vile, but versus just having another jit in the sideboard, I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I do like that. Not you're you're a Thalia deck too, so it it might it might sort true, of throw true. that off. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I'm surprised not to see like a batter skull or a sword for the Thalia plan, but oh yeah, I plan. I felt like as soon as I saw Stoneforge in the sideboard, I was like, all right, they probably have a batter skull or a sword in there that we they can swap into, and that makes sense, but but they didn't. Yeah, they get a little bit of soul herder Stoneforge value too. Yep, but alas, it is not to be. So yeah, that's uh. That's the challenge. I believe that's all the uh, all the news is fit to print. To me, I, I scrolled through all of it. Yeah. And um, I, I've never seen MZ Frosty that low. That's getting cut. <laughs> that's getting cut. Topher, we love you. No, I'll leave that in, bro. No. No, no, no. So the deck dump. This is pretty short, man. There's, There's... Only three decks I pulled out that I really wanted to talk about from this deck dump. Yep. The first one, we've had a long-standing tradition on this podcast. If you make the deck dump with Dead Guy, we're going to talk about it. Eric Landon in 
tied for first place with 5-0 through the league. It's listed as black-white pox because it doesn't have creatures, right? But this is six Lilianas, four hymns, four sinkholes, four smallpox, four vindicate, two myth realized, cr- a criminally underused card in the archetype, one crucible of world, four sphere of resistance, four mox diamonds, and 27 lands, including two castle locked lands. This has got to be one of his patrons paying him to play the stack. Must be a smart patron, then. Was it he's, you? He's getting, he's, Was it no, you? Definitely not. But he's getting paid twice, right? Because he, he cashed a league, too. So he's getting paid on either side of the equation. Yeah, okay. You're right. It pays to have good patrons, then. I guess so. That's, uh... Yeah. This Look at this, too. This is a tight list. There's two Bantu's Last Reckoning in the sideboard, two Perfury Nodes, two Ashiok Dream Render, which is a sick Pox card, honestly. That card is so good. And also even more relevant now because of Breach, you know? Mm. But... Yeah. This is a Mox Diamond deck, so you gotta think of that as a two-drop, really. Yeah, I, I just... Uh... As, so, soon, yeah. as soon as you started off with the, the criminally underplayed myth realized, I was like, <laughs> fucking deck dump again. Do you remember when that card got spoiled, myth realized, and people were calling it White Tarmogoyf? Yeah, I do. I, I'm not going to mention any names, but there were some people that were like, no... I'm playing this Myth Realize deck with four win conditions that can't beat Swords to Plowshares. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's let's move on. All right, Casey C. That's Casey C. With a Green Sun deck. So I'm curious if you want to call this Maverick or not. So you're skipping over Phil Lesh. Oh, am I? You, I think you are. That's my bad, Mister McGee. What do we got? I, I mean, it's just, it's just green, white depths. It's nothing. Okay. It, it's not, it's not fancy. But I thought we were at least gonna give a shout out to our boy. For yeah, shout Diamond. out to our boy for sure. Yeah. All right. Now yeah, I think we, he now played we that at the. I think the he played game. that at the LAL too, for what it's worth. I didn't get a chance to catch up with him, so I don't know exactly what he was playing, but yeah, there it is again. I'm pretty sure he played that. I know we talked about it, and I think he was playing it, but it's uh, he he has been playing that for a while. He did really well at a big event. I don't know if it was the last Grand Prix or not, but I think he like top sixty four with like a Shrek kind of build, right? Mm-hmm. And also, um, M- uh, Chris McGuire awesome friend that i have from canada who travels down to play and sort of hang out for magic events was playing his mono red deck again he, he finished 5-0 he Sick. finished 5-0 go canada so, so this kcc deck this is kind of kind of just bant maverick right except it's all one ofs with the exception of four birds of paradise yeah so this is only one night of the reliquary. So you look at you look at this list, right? And you look at the the names of the creatures and you're like, "Wow. 
this is the deck. This is the beatdown. This is the 30 creature green white deck that you want to play. And then you see there's 18 creatures and four of them are Birds of Paradise. Yep. You have like very little reaction and very little creatures that do something. But this deck is playing four ponders and four brainstorms. So it's Maverick. Like we talked about But wouldn't wouldn't you wanna say, hey listen, listen, KCC. Maybe this isn't the deck for four ponder. No, that that's not what I would want to say. Oh, okay. I I actually this is a evolution from twenty twenty fourteen and in. Yeah. So when we were talking about Dan Neely's deck before, we're talking about still staying on Fortnite of the Reliquary, and that's kind of this is a question I had is like what makes Maverick Maverick, right? Because that's still on Fortnite of the Reliquary. That's undisputedly still Maverick, right? Right. This deck doesn't cut the other stuff. This is still playing Night of Autumn, still playing Ramen Up Excavator, still playing Tireless Tracker. But they no, shaved no Thalia. No Thalias, no Mother of Runes, and no Night of the Reliquaries. Or, or only one. one Night of the Reliquary, yeah. I mean. So, definitely not Maverick. Well, I mean, it's still a Green Sun deck, right? But it's it's not Maverick. Right. I agree. But it's still like, it still is though, right? It's still like blue or green, white, blue creature Zenith deck. But when I think of Maverick, I, I also think of like a big mana denial package with Thalia's true, true. and more Wastelands and like like things like that. This just doesn't have it, right? It's like Bant Tudor. Yeah. I don't know, man. All I'm saying is this, this deck sort of looks halfway between where I would have built Bant Maverick and where... Dan Neely wound up because I would have tried to play more creatures and brainstorm basically mm-hmm. and uh, a, a, a more diverse array of creatures and brainstorm. I would have gone this far into ponders and only one nether reliquary, but I do think this is interesting as a thought experiment for the other end of the spectrum, right? Yeah, I, I feel like the triad of the grove that's a really oh. weird spot to be for this deck, right? Well, it's kind of like a fifth birds of or a sixth birds of paradise because you are playing Leovold. But you're playing a one of Leovold, and everything else is banned. Is that true? Uh, yeah. There are plague engineers in the sideboard, but yeah. Okay. And pyroblast in the sideboard. <laughs> this deck is wild. It is pretty wild, actually. I didn't even realize the pyroblast were in there. Yeah, I. So this is one of those decks where like. For people who are listening, I cannot give the stamp of approval to, and I'm never going to have enough time to test it. It kind of reminds me of that most deck. But it takes all of the good aspects from the most deck and makes it more of a mid-range build. Like, you don't have those explosive um, uh, query and dryad, bounce bounce your land, tap your creatures, have a bunch of one-drops in play. Like It's like, let's take all of my three and four drops and throw them in this deck. Oh, there's not even a script. I was going to say they're they're leaning on Scrib Ranger, but that's not even in here. Nah. Wow. That surprises me. Yep. Okay, yeah, so I do like the deck. I like the thought. I like the number of dual lands and the number of one-ofs I see here. But 
three Okos. We didn't really read the list, but it's three Okos, four Birds of Paradise, four Green Sun, four Ponder, four Brainstorm, four Plows, and 43 one So yeah, the last deck I wanted to highlight from the deck dump is White Faces playing an Uro deck. Yep. There was an Uro in the last deck, we should mention, but this is the next evolution of of blue chalice decks right well is it more of an evolution of blue chalice or more of an evolution of agrolome or plug right yeah yeah and this is a four mox diamonds four chalice deck and yeah it, it kind of is agrolome shifted to be blue and to play force of will right yeah so there are three okos in here four coatles uh, three Uros, four Zeniths, four Abrupt Decay, four Force of Will, two Days, and then a Collector Oof, a Leovald, an Excavator, a Safekeeper, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, it is really closer to Agro Loam than the, your typical blue stompy sort of Chalice deck. Yeah, that, that's definitely a better way to categorize it. It's super interesting. I <clears throat> I obviously don't have enough experience to like talk about it right now, but days in a chalice mox diamond shell has got to come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the same way I did it for Force of Will in two days when this is before Force of Negation had printed, but I was playing um, like a bug chalice deck when Hydroid Crassus came out. I was playing it with uh, with two Hydroid Crassus, and for whatever reason, when I built the deck, I thought that Crassus had Flash, and then I just hated it so much that I ran through two leagues, uh, finally cast Crassus in the second league, but it was just awful, and just gave up on the deck altogether. But this obviously worked, so this would be a good starting point, I yep. think, for people looking to get into it. For sure. Anything else you want to touch on the deck dump? No, I'm I'm always good with uh with the deck dump. <laughs> bro, this is uh this is your changing the diapers, bro. You had to take out the trash this week. I had a lot of work to do. My kid my kid has a flu. We had to bring him to the pediatrician today. Oh, Everything's no. fine, but yeah, it was uh it was a lot of work. Bro, that sucks. Flu it, sucks. It happens. So like he had his flu shot. We all did too. No. What do you mean, no? No. All right, continue. No, it's fine. I know. Who, I know the audience that I'm talking to right now. They <laughs> they all know. It's fine. They all know what? No, they all know. You said, "Oh, you had this flu vaccine." They're like, "Fucking Ian." No, my. Why? Why do we be... let him fucking dog whistle to that side? <laughs> That's why, what this is about. Why are we catering to the to the ultra right and the fucking anti-vaxxers? Why do we give him a microphone? <laughs> That's not what this is about. But continue. <laughs> All right. Any anything else? No. Uh, we're done. <laughs> Let's wrap this. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Hit us up at Dead Cast on Twitter. You can find me at TSmileyMTG and Ian. Where can they 18, find you? Ian18925. And watching. Cast, dead, 
deadformatcast at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, tune into Fox News so you can be watching the same thing that Ian's watching. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs>